All right. Shall we? I've had a couple of potatoes. I'm ready to go. He's ready to go. And we're back for the second half of the Last Call podcast. My name is Jamal. I'm joined 29 and a half kilometers away. Ashley Hetherington. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Hello. All Hi. Right. Without, without further ado. Be over yet. We're jumping straight into it um, because we have places. Well, Ash has places to be. I'm just going to drink for the rest of the night and watch sport. You're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, not places to be, just times to be. This is the exact place I have to be. but In, in about what? Uh, just under 11 hours. 10 and a half hours I have to be back here ready to take the world by storm jared franklin style absolutely <laughs> absolutely so um it is, we are currently recording on a tuesday night uh the australian hall of fame is going on which we are not watching a lick of however on thursday night the all australian teams are being announced uh the all australian 40 has been announced was it yesterday i think it was yesterday um and we decided that we would give our unsolicited opinion as to what our All-Australian team will be this year. Now, mine is awful, and I have on good authority that yours is also awful. It was just tough, I think. I'm not sure it's awful. I'm actually pretty happy with it, but it was just, especially I found the back line difficult. Mine's awful. Okay. If Tom Murphy features... I'm done. He made the emergency list. Um, All right. I'll say he's in mine too. Don't worry. Good. All right, good. He's the Um, Ruckman in mine. (laughs) So I'm thinking what we do here. So what we're going to do is we're going to go, our All-Australian teams, should we go like backline, your backline, then my backline, halfback, halfback, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, I feel like them... A team. I feel like there might be significant crossover between like fullback, halfback, and half forward, full forward. So maybe go back line, mm. forward line, then center. Cent- center and followers, yep. and then interchange. But yeah, re- I also have emergency. So I, I, I don't, but I. It's all right. Probably... I can leave off the emergency. But you're no, not. Well, I, Zach Merritt's on my emergency list. So that's okay. Um, Yep. Okay. I've got my three emergencies. Yep. Done. All right. Done. Backline. Do you want to start? Do you want me to start? You can start. All right. Backline. Tom Stewart, Stephen May, Jacob Wiedering, Christian Salem, Jake Lever, Daniel Rich. <laughs> Are we awash? <laughs> All right. So I'll start with my half backline. All right. D- Daniel Rich. Jacob Wiedering, mm-hmm. Jake Lever. Who's Full back line, Tom Stewart, yep. Stephen May. And then I had a three-way dead heat. I couldn't decide. All right. Um, because my initial pick was Jordan Ridley. And then I thought, this is it's probably a tad bias. Or it feels biased. He was on my list. Even though I, I genuinely think he's just elite. 
So mm. I would one of Jordan Ridley, Christian Salem, or Bailey Dale. I, I was tossing up between Salem and Dale. I think what I did with this team and what I do with most awards is who is the best at this position? Mm. I I've watched actually a fair bit of Jordan Ridley and I do think he's a top X yeah. whatever player. He, he probably plays a similar, yeah, probably like, plays a similar position to Jake Lever. Yeah. That or like second, third defender where he's coming in and look where in, you've got intercepts. Yeah. Uh, Stewart and who's your other f- key back? Are the same backline as you are in this position? Yeah. Rich, Lever, Weedering, May, Stewart. Yeah. So I think I think the forward line is where we'll have a lot of disagreement. So yeah, pretty much the same backline from both. Yeah. Of us. If you had to pick between those three, uh, all right. Well, yeah, because of the Ridley Lever position similarity, I'll go Salem. All right. My forward line. <laughs> I'm going to start with the full forwards because it's a better than the half forward line. Tom Papley. Tom Hawkins. Toby Green. Half forward. Jake Stringer. Harry Mackay. Dane Zorko. Uh, um, so... My half forward line, Toby Green. Brilliant. <laughs> Tom Hawkins. Brilliant. Jake Stringer. Yeah. Full forward line, Tom Papley. <laughs> oh, no. Harry Mackay. <laughs> Christian Petrarca. In the forward pocket. In the forward pocket. I think he's played enough forward line to justify putting him in the forward line. See, I agree, but also I like, and this is where me being like, hey, have you seen this stats pro thing? Like Chris Petrarca has played a lot of forward, but I'd much rather play him in the midfield. Dane Zorko has been an all-Australian player from like the forward line. The only reason- yeah. Look, look I, I agree. And I don't like playing track forward, but I just had too many midfielders I needed to get in. No, I agree. And I think this is where a lot of people, where I just get so annoyed when yeah. people put like Zach Merritt on the wing. I'm like, I, I like Zach Merritt as a player. When has he ever played on the wing? When? No, look, I, I agree. And that's why I put Trark in the forward line because at least he does play forward. He does. He does play a lot of forward. Um, but I think like if you're going to put anyone in that mold, like Jake Stringer is the person who like especially in the first half of the season i feel like just started forward and as um in the last couple of games he'd have like 15 touches and three goals at the same time i would put to you if you like putting aside having them in other positions if you could have christian petrarca or dan zorko in your forward pocket who would you take i'd take track every day of the week yeah but it's one of those things where, like, I I obviously have track in my team, but it's just not in the forward line. Yeah, look, I, I agree. I, I get that and I agree, but I just, it's not enough spots and I didn't want to play them too out of position. You've got to fit him in. You've got to yeah. fit him in. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. This, this is where my shit gets fucked up. So, uh, followers, Maybe. right? 
followers, pretty straightforward. Max Gorn, Christian Petrarca, Bond. Yep. Sure. Center, Hugh McCluggage, Clayton Oliver, Carl Amon. Yeah, don't hate it. Um, my Ruckman is also Max Gorn. Phenomenal. Uh, my followers are Bond and Clary Oliver. Mm-hmm. On the wings, I have Took Miller Ooh. and Paul Seedsman. Yep. Uh, in, and in the middle, I've got Ollie Wines. Ollie Wines. You don't have Clary in your team. No, Clary was a follower. Oh, Clary. oh yeah, right. It was Clary and Bond. Clary and Bond, right. So my starting centre square is Clary, Bond, Ollie Wines, which is why Truck is in the forward block. Yeah, no. And that's that's a, an incredibly tough decision to make. And I feel like Truck is one of those players that you could just like chuck forward because you're like, oh. So do you not have Ollie Wines on the starting field? I have him on the bench. Because I don't think he's better than has had a better season than Oliver, Truck, or Bond. You know he's going to win the Brownlow. Yeah, but... And and this is something I want to talk about later, is the structure of the Brownlow versus, like, the MVP of the NBA. Because, like, you can have a better season than X play. Matt Prittis won a Brownlow in 2014. That's true. We would like Shane Woden won it in 2000. Like we can discuss this all day about players who were better in that season, but got votes taken off them because. Look, uh, yeah, no, agreed. Seven kind of agreed, thing. agreed. Yeah. All right. So who's your bench? Uh, okay. I did my bench. I, I sorted this out by if I was running this team out against another team on the weekend. I've got Nick Nat on the bench. I've got. Uh, Sam Walsh, Ollie Wines, and Aaliyah Aaliyah. Yep, fair call. Um, I controversially have not gone for a second Ruckman. Ah, uh, that's why we have... Uh, I mean, to be fair, Tom Hawkins in the forward line is a good a Ruckman as you ever Exactly. Know. Hawkins in the forward line, and if you need it, uh, I've also got Aaliyah Aaliyah on the bench. And I can run him through the ruck if need be. Um, and or Jacob Wiedering, honestly. We've got a pretty tall defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Alir, Jack McRae, mm. Dane Zorko, Jack Steele. Ooh, Jack Steele almost made my team. He's the emergency. Um uh, so in our 22, who are the differences? Oh, we've got the same back line. I've got Took Miller, Paul Seedsman, and Jack Steele. Yep, I've got Eamon and Sam Walsh. And there must be one more. Nick Nat. Yeah. Nick Nat, Walsh, Eamon. I've got Seedsman, Took, and Jack Steele. Yeah, uh, and... Like, you could just fill the interchange with just midfielders. That's how deep yeah. is midfielders. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I reckon I've gone, yeah, two mids, a defender, and a forward. Yeah. And I, I was contemplating putting Seedsman on 
the wing, but also I feel like, and this may be just the way I think, is that team success, unless you are the elite of elite, team success plays a big part into making it into like a, a team like this. Gary Ablett was like five times consecutive All-Australian when Gold Coast were awful, though. Yeah, but he he was one of the best players we've ever seen in our lifetime. There is a very good chance Tuke Miller polls the most votes in the Brownlow. He broke the record for most consecutive games with 30-plus touches. Yeah. I, I, like, he has been incredible. He has been very good. So Just out of interest, who's your emergency? <laughs> Uh, my three emergencies are Sam Walsh, mm. Darcy Parrish, and Buddy. Buddy? I say, I don't have Buddy on my list. I love, don't get me wrong, I love Buddy. I'll be the had first. A good year. I had a good year. He had a good year. He kicked 50 goals. It was only, what, eight or 10 off the Coleman. Yeah. And missed quite a few. He has, but he, hey, didn't he elbow a guy? <laughs> yeah, and got off. <laughs> Um, I've got Steele, Merritt, and Cameron. So, Charlie Cameron? Charlie, yeah. Or Darcy Cameron? Uh, Darcy. I'm a big Darcy Cameron fan. <laughs> yeah. You are a big Darcy Cameron fan. I am fan. a big Darcy Cameron fan. He's a big boy. Designer, yeah. Mason, designer Mason Cox. <laughs> He's a big boy. He's huge. Um, um, yeah. yeah, interesting how similar our teams are. I'm not too surprised. We're both pretty reasonable AFL fans. So, like, there are obviously going to be spots where it doesn't line up, but, like, it's not like we're having, I don't know, Sean Darcy. Like, don't get me wrong, I love Sean Darcy. He's the future of, you know, we talked about this last week, I think top five future rocks, but, like, he's not clear of Max Gore. Someone... He's in the squad... Yeah, inexplicably. He he is in the squad, but someone told me that uh, not someone told me, but I was just scrolling through Twitter and someone was just like, no, Nick Nats had one good game this year. Huh? I yeah. I don't know. Twitter's yeah, I, I found the backline quite tough. I think beyond Stuart May and Lever, I didn't think there were too many automatic selections back there. Um, I, think, I yeah. almost had Jake Lloyd. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, the, the halfback flank role I thought was tough. I think Daniel Rich's disposal, uh, how elite his disposal is and how damaging he is with his kicking got him in for me. Um, Weedering, I think, I'm, I'm not sure he knocked the door down, but I think he's a worthy selection. Yeah, I still think he's like, he's the best pure defender in the league like just if you wanted someone like let's say if you wanted someone against like i think tom hawkins is the best pure full forward like let's say old school full forward straight out of the goal square kind of thing if you wanted someone on tom hawkins i'd pick jake weedering and 90 times out of 100 i don't I, I know he didn't have that good a year and he was injured for a lot of it. I almost reckon a peak Darcy Moore is better. I feel like he's a bit small. Jacob Wiedering's a big... Jacob Wiedering's not that tall. Didn't we go through this? No, not tall. He's big. 
like uh how how heavy is the thing i'm thinking about um like solid yeah like to me um darcy moore's like a bit skinny yeah jacob weedering's 98 kilos like he's a solid uh, boy um is it darcy yeah darcy yeah. moore I keep, we're not talking. We're not talking we're Dylan. Not, Moore. We're not talking Dylan. Um, Darcy Moore's a hundred kilos. I did not believe. Yeah, yeah, because he's two. He's over two meters tall, so that makes sense. But yeah, he's not horribly skinny anymore. How? And I think I think he's an elite defender, Darcy Moore. I is. I I just I thought that uh, Weedering was just like, yeah, like Tomahawk can throw. Like any time Tomahawk is in the forward line and is has that ruck duty wins it every single time because it just yeah, so mean. yeah because there, there's nobody that genuinely almost chooker is the best matchup for hawkins one-on-one physically yeah and he plays in the essendon twos yeah but he's an all-australian defender yeah that's fair. um but yeah no we're doing worthy call, but probably not walk up start. And then the yeah, the Ridley Salem Dale spot was up for grabs. Um, I almost had Buddy in the starting team, but thought he no, he hasn't played well enough. Hawkins instead. Mm. Truck in the Ford pocket was obviously controversial, but tough. You got when you've got Clary Bont, Ollie Wines, and really Took Miller should be in the middle, but he's quick enough to be able to play on the wing. And putting him on the wing was one of the reasons I selected a pure wingman in Seedsman because I thought, well, mm. if I'm going to have one midfield out on the wing, I better select an actual winger. Yeah. No, that's the, like, and that's why I was going through all the stats and the heat maps because I was like, McCluggage has played a majority of um, the season out in midfield and the reason he gets in the middle when like Neil got injured, Lyons got injured for a bit. Um. And Eamon is like just a out and out winger. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, <laughs> that's otherwise you putting you know wines and like Zach for me like Zach Merritt has to get in the team at some point. Yeah, um, it's funny, isn't it? I see. I had Parish above Merritt. Yeah, and and, I, and Stringer I, above both of them. Yeah, well, same. I'd, I'd Stringer in Stringer's in the team, like regardless of where you put him but for me i i think uh, and obviously you're the essendon fan and i have watched more of them like more in depth but i think when did Parrish come in the middle round three yeah i feel like merit's been more consistent for me i i just this year or overall career just this year yeah no i, I don't well I, I mean i think they've both been uber consistent for me, I think if you've got Zach Merritt in the team, he probably comes in as bizarre as it sounds at the expense of Jack McRae. Mm. See, I don't have McRae. Um, you didn't have McRae at all. No. Right, so that's an that's one more difference. So I've got Miller, Seedsman, McRae, and Steele, and you've got who? McCluggage, Amon, Nick Nat. So McCluggage, Amon, Nick Nat, and Jeff Sam Walsh. Oh no, that's right. You had Walsh. I didn't have Walsh. Walsh on the yeah, so so uh, so I I think I've got Jack McRae just over Merritt, but I think 
Barrett and McRae are that similar. Lots of disposals rack up. Incredible with the ball. Yeah. Incredible decision maker. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. Tough. Nice problems to have when you're trying to figure out which of the Essendon midfielders we're trying to get in. Yeah, because no, it's, it's not something Essendon have had since the, the Herd era. What, Herd and Jason Johnson, Brett Stanton. No, Brent Brent Stanton was the Joe era, and he was never banging down the door for all Australian selection as much as I love him. Uh, all right. Um, all right. I, I want to talk. We, we've done all Australian. Any last words about the all Australian? Um, apart from the fact that not Travis Boak still seems robbed. Absolutely. Um, I'm 100% with you. And oh, a- actually, no, good question. Somebody raised on um, SEN today mm. Taylor Walker. Wasn't just the best key forward for the first 12 weeks. He was the best player in the comp. And yeah. I haven't seen him in anybody's calculations, even for the squad, let alone the team. Nah, but it's one of those things where I feel like in the... Has he been oj tristized? I think so. You, you've A, got to time your run um, because before... The last month of the season, I had Harris Andrews in my All-Australian. Um, and he's got a mixture of injured and got a bag kicked on him. Um, and also... Yeah, Who kicked a bag on him? Um, when was it? He got absolutely... Uh, fuck, when was it? Might have been Jacob Gaziski for all I know. <laughs> it wasn't. It looked de- doubtful. It wasn't. Um, but yeah, in terms of text, it's one of those things where you're just like, well, character issues I feel like have to come in too. And like, sure, he's been very, 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 very good in the first half of the season. However, in the same way that if you get suspended, you're not eligible for the Brown low, I feel like it's kind of similar especially in this sort of character issue for the All-Australian. But if you get suspended, you're eligible for All-Australian. Yeah, uh, no, that's true. But also, like, this is a, a unique case, I feel like. Yeah, look, I mean, I also didn't have him there. Um, and I think he did probably drop off enough in the back half of the year that it's easy to disregard him. But at the same time, so did Bond. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I just found it weird that not only is he not in our conversations, he wasn't in the squad and nobody really other than sort of one or two callers on SEN uh, uh, outraged or even bring it up that he hasn't come near the squad. Yeah. Um, the game I was thinking about, uh, Richmond, Brisbane, Jack Raywell kicks six. Uh, yes, true. That is true. Um, was that on Harris though, or was he playing on Lynch? No, I think he was playing on Rewalt. Um, because who got who's the other fullback? Um, for Brisbane, oh, uh, Darcy Gardner, yeah, he, I think he was playing on Lynch, yeah, okay, so interesting, but yeah, like. 
I don't know. It's it's tough to say because also um, I'm going to bring it up now um, on Twitter. Various sources, and they're not good ones, but they are verified AFL media have declared that Travis Boak didn't get elected for All-Australian because he wasn't elected by his team. It wasn't nominated by Port yet. No, yeah. have heard that and had it confirmed by journalists. So, yeah. Um, interesting, hey. And what what baffles me the most, if that's true, is that... So, I've <laughs> this is from Tom Brown and Sam McClure, I believe, who are... Uh, less than viable sources, I feel like. However, they are in the AFL media. If you're Port Adelaide, why aren't you nominating Travis Boak? Well, it's further to that. If you're any club, why aren't you nominating every player? (laughs) Yeah, see, this story was what triggered my thinking about Taylor Walker because it seemed very much to me that Adelaide might have been pissed off with him and not nominated him. So that was my thinking about that. Because, yeah, it, it seems bizarre unless Boak asked the club not to nominate him, which you, there, there's no real logic for. Um, yeah, no, it, it does make a hell of a lot of sense. But at the same time, I'm sure it's not something that will bother Trav Boak in the slightest. He's a, probably one of the most underrated players of the last 10 years for sure. Yeah, look, he's no Brad Ebert. No, he's not. Sorry, not Brad Ebert. Brad Ebert was perfectly rated. Brett Ebert, megahead. Not Brett. No, Brett was one of the good ones. I mean, not really. All right, you ready for something that I wanted to discuss? I am. Um, There was this graphic going on during the week. Uh, Brett Teague looks like he might be sacked. Who? David Teague. That's better. Oh? Um, I was thinking Ratten for some reason. I knew you were. I could see it. It just flowed perfectly. Brett Ratten, David Teague. Discarded Carlton coach. Same, same. Different. Yeah. David Teague. Um, and there was a lot of graphics comparing David Teague's first 50 games to uh, legendary coach Damien Hardwick. To another legendary coach, Alistair Clarkson. And David Teague is clear of both of them. Um, now, I'd just like to uh, compare everyone's lists for the first 50 games. So I'm going to give you a full, because I was here, like I was there for the first year of Alistair Clarkson coaching the Hawthorne Football Club in 2005. And I'd just like you to give you Hawthorne's list some of Richmond's lists to compare to Carlton's list this year and last year. And the year before was that? That's 50 games. Two and a half years, right? Hawthorne's backline, Campbell Brown, Jonathan Hay, your man, Danny Jacobs. Halfback, Nathan Loney, Trent Crowe, Rick Ladson. Centerline, Joel Smith, Richie Vanderberg and Chance Bateman. Half forward, Tim Clark. Uh, legendary Lance Franklin. Yeah, exactly. Jordan Lewis. Legend. Forward line, Angelo Lekas. 
Mark Williams and Ben Dixon. Uh, Spider in the ruck. Good old Spider. Uh, Shane Crawford and Luke Hodge. A young Luke Hodge too, like a fat Luke Hodge. Uh, on the interchange, we have Simon Taylor, Jared Ruffhead, Sam Mitchell, and Nick Reese. Who? Exactly. And I've got emergency because I had to throw in my boy Tom Murphy, my boy Ben Kane, and Josh. Who? Josh Thurgood. Who's Ben Kane? Exactly. He played 15 games for Hawthorne in the 2005 season. That seems like 16 too many. It seems way many too many. Now, I just like to bring up players who played a lot of games for Richmond in Hardwick's first year. Deledio, Rewalt, Edwards, Shaw. Chris Newman, Shaw. Dusty, Shaw. Ben Nason, 19 games. Mitch Farmer, 17 games. Darren Gaspar? Nowhere to be seen. A coked out Ben Cousins. Oh, Benny boy. 17 games. Legend, David Asprey, 17 games. The boy from Taddy Earn. Andrew Collins, 15 games. Who? Exactly. The push-up king, Jake King, 15 games. Robin Nahas, 15 games. And last but not least, Mitch Morton, 12 games. Was he also a Hawthorne legend, Mitch Morton? He is a Hawthorne legend, Mitch Morton. Um, and one game, Relton Roberts. <laughs> now, I get that uh, David Teague has probably been uh, not given enough chance, but you compare the list that Carlton have right now, and we were talking about this today with all the 500k plus players you'd expect a little more out of david teague versus than what clarkson and hardwick have been given out of their first years yeah yeah considering uh, troy simmons got seven games jerome webberly got 10 games again who oh oh Jerome Webberley. 10 games for the Richmond Football Club in 2010. Oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, like, I'm in the camp of give David Teague some time because I think they'll keep him and uh, be... It would be funny to see Carlton keep him and then miss out on Clarkson and just shit the bed entirely. <laughs> However, yeah, I don't know. I think that <laughs> it's all well and good to take the stats from it, but there was a time where Raiden Tallis was uh, Hawthorne's, like, center mid um, in 2005. So pff, be better, David Teague. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> be better. Yeah, I mean, hard to argue. No, I'm not. I'm not being funny. Like you've got the talent of Patrick Cripps, Sam Walsh, 
Harry Mackay, uh, Weedering, Tom DeConing, alleged talent, uh, Jack Martin, Saad, Williams. Jack Williams. Yeah. Soon to be Adam Chera. Adam Chera. Like, uh, obviously he's not there, but it seems like Carlton's the only club they can get him to. How? Yeah. No, absolutely absolutely agreed. Anyway, uh, are you here for a list? I am here for a list. All right. Hutto, come at us again. Not be over yet. Five seconds to Buddy this week. Buddy thousand. Let's go. All right. Ash's list. All right. Um, this week I am going with I am going with a very cliche list at this point, but it will be the last time that we're ever able to go with it. So I'm gonna do it anyway. Mm. Things that were the case last time Essendon won a final. <laughs> Huge. At number 10, Nickelback had only released two albums. Ugh. The masterpiece that is Photograph had not yet been released into the wild. Oh, my God. What do they have? Uh, what was it? Dark Dark Road? Silver Side Up, which is the one with How You Remind Me on it. Yep. And The Long Road. That's the one. With Someday and the, the classic chat anthem. I like pants around feet. All right, number nine. Archie Perkins was two. Oh, not not able to fulfill my multis. Two years old, uh, as disappointing is now. <laughs> At number eight. The U.S. election between George Bush and John Kerry was really heating up with George Bush elected for a second term two months later. Woof. Uh, Number seven, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Vladimir Putin had just been elected president of Russia. Oh, what? Democratically, I'm sure. Absolutely. Number six. Mm. Number number six is a slight uh, quiz for you. Mm-hmm. Can you name me the highest grossing film of 2004? The number one on the music chart as the 10th of September 2004, which is when they won their last final. And the two biggest TV shows in the world as at 10th September 2004. Oh, TV shows is probably Sopranos. Friends? Friends had finished months prior. Oof. Um, gold? No, no, Golden Girls. I have no idea. <laughs> the Golden Girls? You're about 30 years out. Not the reboot. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, 2004 was fucking... Uh, I can only think Kylie Minogue. Um, and for movie... There weren't any superhero movies. That was probably like some Leonardo DiCaprio vehicle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The limo. No, no. <laughs> um, 
All right. Two biggest TV shows in 2004, American Idol <laughs> and CSI, the original. One. Which one? The original. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Uh, biggest song as at the 10th of September 2004, My Place by Nelly. I had no idea. No, neither did I. Yeah. To the, to the point where when I went to one website to find that out, it said that I didn't believe it. So I went to a different website and it said the same thing. I was like, well, I guess this is a song. Listen yeah. to it on Spotify. No good. No, don't do it. All right. And the highest grossing film of 2004, Shrek 2. Hey, Shrek 2, it holds up. It's not bad. Good it's film. Bad. Good film. All right, good shout. All right, at number five, podcasting had just been invented. So we were only 16 years late. But it would not take off until 2005 when Apple integrated it into their software. 2005, wow. That early? It it became a thing, sort of, it became, it, it got invented in early 2004. Mm. Sort of became a thing in September 2004, which is right around this time. Uh, and Apple integrated it in 2005. Ah, damn. Uh, number four, hugely surprising one here. Carlton was shit. I finished 11th and then I think proceeded to win three of the next four wooden spoons. Holds up. I think they won the wooden spoon in. I don't think they won it in 2004. No, or five. Didn't they win it six, seven, eight? Or did they win it five, six, seven? I think they won a five, six, seven because Rich. All right, so they, so they won the next three wooden spoons is what mm. I should have said. That's right. And then the draft picks were six, seven, eight. Yeah. Uh, this one's for you. And it, actually, we'll do it as another quiz. As at the 10th of September, 2004. Mm. Who was the coach of the Hawthorne Football Club? Peter Schwab. Incorrect. He had resigned before the end of the 2004 season. So it wasn't Clarkson either. Um, Gary Monkhurst. Donald McDonald. Who? Oh. Yeah, ex-footballer, then went on to, I think, become the CEO of North Melbourne. Yeah, but so, yes, was was the caretaker coach in 2004 after Peter Schwab resigned. Who? Yikes. Uh, number two, at this time, only 14.2% of the global population used the internet. 14.2%. Jesus, Lord. What's what everyone is... doing? Oh, you're reading fucking books? No. And number one, the... Tom Brady had only won two Super Bowls. Yeah, that's crazy. He's up to seven now? Six? Seven, I think. I think the Tampa one was his seventh. 2001, 2004. No, no. 2004... Uh, did, did they win in 2004? I think so. Oh, mate. 
Right, so the 2004 Super Bowl happened in February 2005. And that was oh, his third God. one. That was his third one. So 01. I reckon it was 01, 02, 04. Or, or was it? A... And then, fuck, I don't know. Then I reckon he won oh, two in a row. And then he won two in a row. No. He won three, two... at, three at the start and then two and then one and then oh. He's won a lot. Jesus. Actually, I've probably still got the tab open on my computer. Yeah, no, nah, that's, a, that's a fair shout. Um, won a lot. They, they won it in... 02, 01 and 02. 04. They didn't win in 07. They won in 05, I think. No, 05 was the Steelers. 2013? So he won 36, mm. 38, 39, uh, 49. You do it by years because... <laughs> well, I can't because I'm just, I'm just reading it. Because um, the Super Bowl started... The, the Super Bowl started in like 64, uh, 65, I think. Result. Oh, okay. Here we go. Super Bowl. So, two thousand one, they won. Two thousand three. Yep. Two thousand four. Then twenty fourteen, twenty sixteen. Eighteen. And then eighteen, twenty. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He goes all right, doesn't he? He's not bad. He's okay. And then he can just chuck the trophy across a marina from boat he, to boat. From boat to boat. He was like, "Yeah, hey, fuck it." My seventh one. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I got so many of these. You mate, just take it. It's not mine. I don't care. All right. You ready for some live updates? Uh, I am. Hall of Fame. Debbie Lee. If you say the word Caroline, I'm Caroline is up. not here. Debbie Lee. Furnace? Nathan uh, Burke. Not bad. Um Rob Wiley. All right. Christopher Judd. I've never heard of Mr. Christopher Judd. Hey, he's, he's all right. Merv McIntosh. All right. And Jack Oti. If you say so. Yeah, that's that's the live update from AFL Instagram. So. Any legends upgraded? Not, I think they've all been oh, oh, these. Oh, sorry. Anybody upgraded to legend status? No, I don't believe so. They've all been, yeah, inductees from what I can see. Fair enough. Um, all right. Well, do you have a quiz? I Is do. You want to go next? I'm, I'm, oh, actually, do you want to do a multi first? We can do a multi first. Do a multi first. Oh, that's right. And then you're going to give us a rant. Absolutely. A Jamal rant. Oh, there's, a, there's a lot. Through the eyes of Hayden McIntosh or whatever your name. No, what's your name? Holden Vandenberg. Vandenberg. All right. It's a very simple, very elegant, easy multi this week that I have forgotten to write down the total price for. Oh, $80,000. It's about 14 something, I think. 
Uh, we are going an AFL finals multi head to head straight shoot up bet. Uh, leg one, Geelong against Port Adelaide, $2.15. I think they should be favourites. So I think that is value. Jump on that. $2.15. $2.15. I know it's in Adelaide, but still ah. take it. Um, actually, sorry, I should have started by going through last week's multi. We unfortunately got beat. Uh, the Giants did beat the West Coast Fever in the netball. Aston Villa did defeat Newcastle in the EPL. Unfortunately, B. Malecki did not defeat Josie and Nunes in the UFC, and Collingwood did oh. not beat Essendon in the footy. Who? Oh. Mate, I could literally say the most famous UFC fighter on the planet that is not named Conor McGregor, and you would play the hoosting. If it was not Conor McGregor, Khabib, um, N- Nuraman Magandanov, Anderson Silva, or John Jones, Ronda Rousey. Yeah, sure. She she's a movie actor now, isn't she? Uh, I think she's a wrestler now, actually. Yeah. Well. Uh, what about Amanda Nunes? I do know of her. Yeah. Well, this is Josie Ann Nunes, assumedly related, and B Malecki, sister of. Not Nick Malcheski. That's it's a different last name. Anyway, this week's multi. Anyway, uh, uh, this week's multi is a footy multi, and we are going Geelong two dollars fifteen to beat Port Adelaide in Adelaide. That's good value. Take it. Uh, then we we've got a couple of favourites in a row. We're on Sydney at a dollar sixty two to beat the Giants. The Buddy Show will roll through. The D's at $1.70 to beat Brisbane. I'm not sure about this one, but I think it's probably a good safe bet. And then to get a bit of value into the multi, we're on the Bombers at $2.45. Flag Dons, baby. Flag Dons and the odds are $14.50. Get on it. Can't lose. If the Bombers win this week, Flag Dons are getting their own sting next week. (laughs) If the Bombers win this week, I will be incurring $20,000 worth of lockdown fines. I'll be marching through Collins Street half naked with a bottle of wild turkey. As you should. And if we win that week, the half will be eliminated. It'll be fully naked with wild turkey. Two bottles of wild turkey. That's why they pay him the lawyer money. (laughs) I've been saving up to be able to afford my lockdown fines. (laughs) I mean, fair. All right. What are we feeling? What are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling a rant. I'm feeling- yeah, oh, that's right. It's it's the Jamal rant. Do we have a special You're Jamal sting? No. no, we don't. There are many states nowadays. Please eliminate three. I am not a crackpot. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now. And go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Wait, give me something that's... I've gone to the top shelf just for this rant. Oh, what's cheers. The tequila. Tequila? Oh, mate, I'll cheers to that. There we go. Oh mate, you can't call Sierra Sierra top shelf. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on the I'm not on the good stuff. I didn't say top. Did I say top shelf? I think I did. Um, no, I think I said good stuff, not top shelf. 
It's the only shelf we have. That's true. There is a, it's just the spirit shelf. All right. Outside of the Travis Boak rant that I think we all both feel pretty comfortable at saying, hey, if it is a nomination thing, Port, just nominate your best players. Don't get me wrong. I love Carl Amon. Uh, Ballarat boy, apparently, went to St. Pat's. Who would have thought? Um, that definitely doesn't mean he's a Ballarat boy. It just means he went to school in Ballarat. Yeah, but, you know, Ballarat boy, we'll take anything that we can at this point. That's that's a good point. Um, I just want to talk about, and this kind of coincides with AFL Media Watch. Um, and maybe I'll make it a merge of the two. Actually, while while we're here, I might play it because it's <laughs> AFL Media Watch. Here we go. Here's the good stuff. So, Kane Corns has maintained the fact that the only AFL coach he would give a long-term contract to right now is Chris Scott. I'm still not of the opinion that Chris Scott is a bona fide good AFL coach. Are you sure it's Chris Scott? Because I keep hearing him advocate for Brad Scott. It's Chris. He's okay. If Kane Corns, and this is uh, not... Kane Corns is a Muppet, as we all know. He has some oh. takes, which I will get onto. However, he is—he still maintains the point that Chris Scott is the only coach he would give a long-term contract to. I'm still not convinced Chris Scott is a good coach. He's—I'm sure he's a great man motivator, but in terms of coaching, in the way that Clarkson, uh, Paul Ruse. Even <clears throat> Ross Lyon. Ross Lyon is not a good man coach, right? There's a difference between, and if you think about it, I, I think about it in AFL terms, uh, AFL, NFL terms. Bill Belichick is a great tactics coach, whereas you have people who are like great people's people, right? Yes, you're allowed to talk. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, I wanted you to get to the, the end of what you're saying because I, I want to have a conversation about it. Yeah, um, sure. I, I feel like... Le- leaving aside Clarko, mm. which I, I feel like Clarko, there's a fair argument about it, but because you brought the other two up, I'll just use the other two because they're, I think, better comparisons. What about Paul Ruse and Ross Lyon don't you think Chris Scott has? Chris Scott has taken Geelong to the finals almost almost every year. I think every year bar one mm. since he took over. And I know he took over a, a very strong premiership winning club. Mm. But Paul Ruse won one flag. Mm. Uh, Ross Lyon has won no flags. Ross Chris, Scott's won, Chris, Scott, Chris Scott's won one flag. Obviously, Clarko's the outlier there because he's won four and went down and came back up in the middle. But what is it about, all right, even if you don't want to use Ross Lyon, what is it about Paul Ruse that you think he has that Chris Scott doesn't have? Because I think for even to take over as successful a club as that, mm. to keep them as up as they have been for a decade, 
shows Chris Scott, I think, is doing at least something right, if not lots of things right. Probably, but it's one of those things where I think he's heavily overrated. And it's not just because I don't like Geelong, right? I obviously have this like very anti-bias against Geelong. Sure, it's because they beat us all the time. But like, I genuinely think you or I could have walked into that was it 2011 Geelong team and won the grand final? Maybe, but if you or I had walked into that side and been the coach, where do you think they would be now and where do you think they would have been for the past decade? Because I don't think they make finals every year and I don't think they get to prelims as much as they have and play in grand, multiple grand finals. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's also one of those things where we were talking about Bevo before where he might not be that good a coach. And I think it might be the fact that Chris Scott won his flag in the first year and has been allowed so much. Like, I appreciate that they've won, uh, not won. So they won one flag and then they've been in, let's say, top six for the past 10 years. But at some point, you've got to think, as a Geelong fan, you've got to win a flag at some point. Like, you can't go... 10 years without winning a flag and think, okay, like we've got some of the best player talent. And even in what, 2016, they were doing well. And that was like, fuck it, let's bring in Dangerfield. And they bring in Dangerfield. And then that's not the answer. And I'm not saying it's Chris Scott's fault, but what, like he is the common denominator at this point. Or Geelong? Uh, He's as common a denominator as somebody like Joel Selwood or Tom Hawkins. I get what you're saying. And I actually, my personal thoughts on Chris Scott, uh, I don't horribly disagree. I think with the list that he's got, they should play a far more attacking, fast-paced brand of football, almost in line with, almost what Essendon played this year or Brisbane play or what the Bulldogs did in 2016, especially this year. Now that I've got Jeremy Cameron there. Mm. Um, So I don't necessarily disagree. I'm just intrigued about your criticism of him, especially compared to somebody like Paul Ruse, who coached at Sydney for probably similar to this, similar to a decade and only won one flag made one extra grand final, the 2006 one. Yeah, was it 2005, 2006? They so were... they, won in, they won in 2005 and then they got beat yep. in 2006. And then they were, I think, semis in 07 and then he started to fall off and then he went to Melbourne. But, like, Sydney got rid of him. I feel... Uh, like... Sydney transition plant, though. And the, the, this... So, so it was the transition from Ruse to Longmire, which is what I was saying... Um, a few weeks ago about how there have been some successful transitions because the Sydney one was successful. I I, I just, and I get that it, it's easy to be frustrated about Geelong because they haven't won one. And you could say that's down to Chris Scott, but is, is there any ever like, I feel like despite the fact they haven't won one, the fact that they have been consistently so up for a decade, I think shows why he's, regarded as such a good coach yeah and like obviously i don't know like the ins and outs of what he does and i'm sure if i watched along every week um like i'd be more across it 
but you'd think like I don't I, <laughs> I don't know like Carlton and this is a bad example but Carlton are bad every year right and they seem to get rid of their coach every year you'd think at Geelong and I appreciate that Brad Scott has taken them to let's say top six at every point but at some point you've got to be like all right we need to win a flag at some point it's almost like the west coast syndrome of like okay we're good outside of this year obviously but we're good but we need to do something with this good like Adam Simpson, oh, I know he won the flag in 2018, but like you can't just not be good. You like if you haven't won a flag in 10 years, I feel like there should be something like even Sheedy. She, what Sheedy won a lot of flags through the 80s, he won 90, he won, he won four flags 93 and 2000. Yeah, 84, 85, 93, 2000. Yeah, and then he got, what, 2007 was his last year. Yeah, and then he went to, like, the Giants. Like, even Essendon, as middling a football club as they've been, they saw their coach and they were like, okay, we haven't won a flag in, and it's probably extenuating circumstances because he's been there for, what, 20-odd years? 27 years. Yeah. yeah. Having said that, Essendon would never have sacked Sheedy if they had been in four prelims in a row and had played finals every year for the past decade. Mm. They only sacked him because we dropped right off. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but I think, especially in the AFL, which has probably got the best equalization measures of almost any sporting league in the world. Mm. Like, I saw a stat the other day. And you are the the expert on overseas sports, NFL and NBA and EPL and stuff like that. Apart from the Gold Coast, every single AFL side has played in a grand final in the past 25 years. That's incredible. <laughs> like, there's no other... Like, the EPL, of course, nothing like that. But no. not that there's any grand final, but... Um, no, every side hasn't finished in the top two. Like every NBA side hasn't played in the playoff for the past 25 years. Mm. Every NFL side hasn't played in the Super Bowl in the past 25 years. Other than the Gold Coast, even GWS have played yeah. the grand final in the past 25 years. So the AFL's equalization, as much as it may come under fire or criticism or whatever, is clearly quite effective comparatively. So to stay at such a sustained level of success for a complete decade, I think is even without tasting the ultimate success, yeah. which he did. He is a premiership coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, he, but putting aside that first year, because that's 2011, so 2021 to 2012 is 10 years. Putting aside the fact they haven't won a flag in that time, I think he's been uber successful. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. But I just think if I was a Geelong supporter, I'd be like, all right, win something for me. Like, I, I, now, obviously, I'm not a Geelong supporter. Hey, I love seeing Geelong fail. Don't get me wrong. But if I I'm know. a supporter, like, even with Clarkson in the past two years, I've been like, all right, we're shit. As, as, <laughs> and you come to accept it, but you're just like, as a Geelong supporter, you'd, you don't want to win something. Yeah. 
But I mean, for the totality, I think I'd probably prefer to have been a Geelong supporter than a Bulldog supporter in the past decade. Yeah, sure. Uh, I think that's something we discussed in previous podcasts, but yeah, yeah, we did. But and I think that's the perfect analogy for how you consider success. Mm. It's that, and it's the, it's the buddy thing. Yeah, it's that question, and it's the do you consider Buddy's move to Sydney a success? Because he didn't win a flag. But he's done monumental efforts off field and sponsorship wise, and took him to two grand finals. Yeah, and it obviously depends on what your determination and success is. Like, if you think, like, obviously being in the top eight every single year since you know the, I cannot remember the last time Geelong were out of the eight. Well, just going by that Joel Selwood stat I heard the other day, it must be twenty fifteen, because that was when the dead rubber was. Mm. Um, um so yeah like yeah that's that's my rant but everything's relative as well right because for let's use Clarko as an example if you send Clarko to melbourne next year and they finish seventh failure mm. if you send Clarko to gold coast next year and they finish seventh massive success yeah huge oh uh, and that's something i'd want to see to be honest i'd love to see Clarko go to one of the expansion teams Clarko taking a real fledgling club now to the ultimate success establishes him as the best coach of all time in my opinion i still think he like i obviously i'm biased i still think he's the greatest coach of all time but like yeah look look, i i think he's definitely in the conversation now Mm. and he's definitely in that echelon but i think if he could go to the gold coast or the new tassie team or even carlton and take them to a premiership, he is peak. Mate, if you took the Gold Coast right now to sixth, I'd think you are the greatest coach of all time. I could be the greatest coach of all time, I think. Uh, uh, Mate, that's why they pay you the big bucks. I could motivate Holden Cauliflower like nobody else. All right. If it... (laughs) What do we feel? Are you feeling a quiz? Uh, yeah. Is there anything else left before the last call? No. That's uh, it, isn't it? Just the quiz. And then the last call. All right. Spanger getting it back from Shields. Goes down the line. Oh, it stays in. It does. Keep going. Oh, yes. Now it gets really interesting. Two bounces. He'll caress it down someone's throat. And he does. And they've got six. Yep, six. I can't believe I'm here watching an NFL preseason game replay between New Orleans and Jacksonville. Yikes. That's a big yikes. I think it's Jacksonville. It looks like a Jaguars logo. Is it an ugly colored teal and yellow? Yeah, really like teal light, but yeah. It's the Jaguars. All right. Random quiz. Here we go. We got five questions for you. Who is the youngest Brownlow winner? Of all time? Of all time. Your mob. Dick? Who? Dick Reynolds? No. Bill Hutchison? More recent. Oh, um, Hurdy? Incorrect. Gavin Wanganeen. 93. 93. Question two. You should... Knock this one out of the park. The AFL All-Australian 40 was announced. Who are the three teams not represented? Richmond. Mm. 
Uh, north. Correct. St. Kilda. No, no, sorry. Jack Steele's there. Sorry. Um, Richmond North. Uh, so it's not either of the Adelaide sides. It's not either of the Perth sides. It's not either of the Queensland sides or the Sydney side. So it's a Melbourne one. Um, Collingwood? Correct. Jack Crisp. Uh, bit Sorry? Bit rough to miss. Yeah, well, well it, it, was the, it, was the, it was the Tex Walker factor. He had that scandal a couple of years ago. He did. That's his problem. Question three. Buddy has the chance to kick this final series a thousand goals. Can you name the five other players who have kicked a thousand goals in VFL AFL history? No. Can you name? Correct. Well, no, no you, you, your question was, can you? I said, no, that is correct. I'll take it. Um, no, to kick a thousand. Uh, Dunstall, Lockett. Yep. yep. Fanning? Nope. No, not for Coventry. Yep. One more you should get, and the other one I have no idea. Doug Wade? Oh, the one I thought you wouldn't get. Uh, We've talked about him today. Today? Today. A certain senior... Oh, Gaz. Yeah, Gaz. Sorry. Yeah. Hawthorne's very own Gary Ablett Senior. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'd, I'd love to be able to tell you you're talking out of your ass, but yeah. For six games? Hawthorne's very own. You didn't think I'd get Doug Wade? I didn't Neither think you'd did get I. Doug Wade. Um, for four. Buddy also has the chance to become a nine-time All-Australian 22 inclusion. Who are the four players he is currently tied with on eight? Dangerfield. Abel. Correct. Seven. Uh... Hints, please. One is a current AFL coach. Uh Sorry, you've, you've gone mute. I can still I can still hear you, but I've I've clearly gone to the computer <laughs> rather than the headphones. Hold on. I can hear you again, I think. No? No, no, I can't. Zoom has Oh. Ah oh, no. He shit the bed. What the? I'll be back. Hello?
Hello. Hello. Are we back? I have no idea what the fuck happened. I think it just disconnected from something. No, so I checked the computer. The headphones were still connected. The microphone it just it was still plugged in, but the light. Right. And I don't know, but we are back. Um, I'm going to ask that question again. Uh, just ask can... question. Yeah. Good. I've had time to Google now. I'm <laughs> Uh, Buddy also has the chance to become a nine-time All-Australian 22 inclusion. Who are the other four players he's tied with? Dangerfield, Ablett. Correct. Uh, Current AFL coach. Sorry? Uh, You asked for a hint before. Current AFL coach. And a sideline reporter for Fox Footy. Um do 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 coach or caretaker coach. Oh Robert Harvey. Correct. And a sideline reporter for Fox Footy. Well it wouldn't be Lynchy. Nope. Regional specific though. Oh, Rue. 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 Mark Rue. Paul Rue is interestingly enough. Oh, Seven time All Australian and twice captain. Really? Hmm. Um, and the last uh, last question of the random quiz Who is the bigger flog? Tom Brown or Sam McClure? Yes. Correct. <laughs> correct. <laughs> the correct. No, no. <laughs> uh, I can cop scoop. Uh, so definitely Tom Brown, Tom Brown, Tom Brown. Tom, oh, they're just, uh, whatever. We're not getting into AFL media again because I've had enough of them. We've sent enough tweets. We've sent enough screenshots. It's just grim at this point. You know what I want to see in the next AFL game? Mm. Reporter mode. You work your way up as a cadet at the Herald Sun or at the age. You get you get a job delivering scoops on Channel 7 or Fox Footy and you, you just work your way through the media landscape from a cadet to a journo to a leading journo to the chief football writer. To Robbo. To Robbo. All right. Before we get on to the last call, because... This is the most egregious thing I've seen all week. And I did send it to you just before and just before, before we got on the podcast. This is from one Sam McClure. We've now reached a point where news outlets are reporting what has been speculated by journalists from rival networks. Accuracy no longer important, nor is brand integrity. Only clicks. That is from one Sam McClure. I cannot believe the things I read on the internet sometimes. What kettle? It is ridiculous. And with that being said.
it is time for the last call. Ash, what are we what are we feeling? Uh, yeah, not sure. All my eggs are sort of in the footy basket, I think, this week, other than the storm, which I mentioned before. Cute. Um, yeah, uh, that's right. I tuned in to watch the last round of the golf today. Yeah. Cameron Smith, fresh off shooting a 60. Melbourne Storm's very own Cameron Smith. Melbourne Storm's very own Cameron Smith has retired to go play golf in Florida on the PGA Tour. Huge. No, no. A different Cameron Smith with the best mullet mustache combination seen since Sam Draper. Oh. On the in the third round on uh, Saturday, shot a sixty. Mm. Had a putt for a fifty-nine, which fifty-nine is the, the holy grail for a golfer. Thirteen under par, but no, had to settle for twelve under par through the round. Sixty. Sixty. Uh, final round was supposed to be Sunday, postponed by a hurricane. Mm. Played today, this morning. Uh, had a putt to win it on the eighteenth. Left it a meter short, putted in, and then on the playoff hole against John Fanau, whatever his name is, drove and looked like you or I on the tee. Complete bend into the rough, absolutely blew it out to the right, bogeyed the hole, and uh, the other guy had a three putt to win, which he holed in one or two, I think, and won comfortably. So disappointing end for Australian golf. But good to see that us Aussie battlers aren't that different to the pros. I was going to say 60. How many holes are we going through to get 60? Three. <laughs> I was going to say four, five, maybe. I'm thinking five. But actually, bunning on, let's break it down because I don't have much in the way of the last call. Mate, I reckon, I reckon you and I have gone through the front nine almost 60-ish, haven't we? Not a chance. I reckon the, the closest I've got in the Bunningong front nine is 70. You've seen gone you have I reckon I've seen... Nah, go on. I reckon on the first hole, I reckon I've seen you have 10 or more multiple times. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, is it a par four or par five? I reckon it's par four. Par four, par but it's a lot. It's a long par four. Yeah, it's like three sixty par four. <laughs> yeah, it's a long par four, and I reckon I've seen you have 10, 11, 12 multiple, yeah, multiple absolutely. And then hole two is a par three over water, and the water hazard is on the green side rather than the T side, which is dangerous for us. Yeah, over the creek. Yeah, yeah we, we are current. We are still. We've still lost like four or five balls in that creek. You've given more balls to that creek than Henry VIII had wives. Well. Um, so, yeah, that, that's not a great hole for us. I feel like hole three, we sort of find our mojo because it's a, the water hazard is just near the tee, so we normally clear it at least, and then we can hack our way down the trees. Then our way back down the trees, hole four is long enough so that... Um, we normally get close to the creek and then we can just chip it over the creek. Yeah. Hole five, you just blast it over the creek. Uh, is hole six the one up the back side? Yeah. Part yeah. five up the hill. Oh, that, 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 is that can be tough going because if you blast it right, it goes over the fence and then it's just gone. 
Mulligan. Mulligan every time. Um, you bring a spare ball in the pocket and be like, yeah, I found my ball. Then pass seven is downhill. So, yeah, I reckon it's downhill, but around, is it a, around a dog leg right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So downhill, around, and around, yeah. yeah, around. And then hole eight is the, the little par three. And then hole nine is the worst one on the front nine. It goes up the hill and then down and to the left. And it's, that's the one where the family of six tried to get us to pass them and we didn't. Yeah. And we nah, you're good. Keep it going. But no, no, you're right. You're in a fucking golf cart, love. You can get up the hill before we can. I'll say that was a halftime at some point. That was episode 20 something. Yeah, that, that's right. That was the wind cast. Absolutely. Hold on. I'm going to find that real quick. Uh, and then if you can ha- be bothered to play the back nine, <laughs> hole 10 is directly in front of the clubhouse, directly uphill, just the perfect embarrassing hole for shit golfers. Yeah, well, it's the worst one because you have to go all the way up and when we fucking screw it every time. But then if you can manage to get, what was it, 10 up, uh, 10 up, 11 down, 12. So hole 13 is the best hole in the whole course because it's like 100 metres downhill. You yeah. just like chip it and maybe get close to the hole. Yeah. I mean, why can I not find this? When did, when did I hang out? Was it last year? Yeah, I reckon it was just before Christmas, wasn't it? Or just after Christmas? Uh, oh, yeah. You know, I, yeah I, I was still living in Canberra at the time, so I was home for Christmas. Yeah, you were. It came out on the uh, 3rd of January. Go listen to it, listener. List. Just the one. Mate, I might go back and listen to it tonight. Uh, I wouldn't. It, it is very windy. Yeah. I don't know how I edited that. Um, we'll find out. But what are we in? Fucking August. You reckon we'll be out of lockdown by February? 2023? Yeah, sure. I was going to say, are we going to get some uh, rounds of golfing? Do you have your clubs up here? Uh, no, they're in. They're at home, so they're in Ballarat. But I don't even have a car here, let alone my golf clubs. What happened to the... Uh, Holden? Yeah, it's in Ballarat. It's at my grandparents' house. Hmm. Like everything is back in Victoria, but I just have quite a small apartment, no car park, no storage cage. Yeah, so the cricket stuff, the golf stuff, the car, it's all in Ballarat. Well, as as soon as we're out of lockdown, I reckon we'll, we'll, be, on, we'll be on the train to Ballarat. Dad will pick us up with the golf clubs straight to the Bunyong Golf Course, straight to the Bunyong Pub. Mate, I've got a car now. I'll drive. We're going straight down to Bunningong. Love it. Absolutely. Take take notice, Dan. As soon as you open the state up, we will be at Bunningong flushing balls into the rough. <laughs> Absolutely. And on that bombshell. It's <laughs> a very short last call. Hey, the bartender wanted us out of here. Thank you so much for listening to the last call podcast. My name's been Jamal. It's been Ash. And the last words. No. We'll see you next week. Finals week two. Woo, flag dons. <laughs>